the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time now for Dr. Health Radio, radio's original health news magazine, bringing you the latest information on medicine, nutrition, fitness and wellness, and now in its 31st year. Your host of Dr. Health Radio is health expert David Snow, who is not a doctor, and while most of David's guests are doctors or authorities in their areas of expertise, they do not diagnose or prescribe on the air. If you have a condition or illness that requires medical attention, see a health professional. The information contained in this program is for education educational and entertainment purposes only and now your host of dr health radio the snowman himself david snow well other than planning for that thanksgiving feast you just had which may take weeks of preparation when do americans start planning an every night dinner 50 percent of you plan it one hour before dinner time 22 percent the same morning and 20 percent the day before. Can you say takeout or uh, run to the corner fast food outlet or maybe a phone call for the pizza delivery man in just 30 minutes? Well, you probably don't need to plan dinner tonight, that's for sure, because you probably have a refrigerator full of leftovers from Thanksgiving. And uh, speaking of which, try to guess the number of people who say they like Thanksgiving leftovers better than the meal. 70% of you, believe it or not. (laughs) Good morning and welcome once again to the healthiest hour on radio. It's the snowman with you, David Snow, keeping you cool and healthy as we do it each and every week at this time here on the program. And we thank you so very much for joining us and making us a part of your holiday weekend, which we always hope to make strong and healthy with the information we have for you this morning. Today on the show, Dr. David Alfrey, uh, he is the... um, well, he's a, I should tell you first, he's an anesthesiologist, and a lot of you are anesthetized, uh, at least partially, from still that uh, turkey hangover or uh, having so much to eat two days ago. Uh, but uh, he'll hopefully won't put us to sleep. He's an anesth- uh, anesthesiologist and uh, founding member of the Anesthesia Medical Group, one of the largest anesthesia practices in the United States. But he's also the author of the upcoming book, Saving Grace. What Patients Teach Their Doctors About Life, Death, and the Balance in Between. You know, uh, anesthesiologists, they, they um, bring you the closest to death that you can come while still being alive because, uh, uh, well, we'll get into uh, all the different types of anesthesia. We, it's been a few years since we've had an anesthesiologist on the program before, but uh, we'll talk about that. And, um, well, a lot of things uh, having to do with you know, that um, area between life and death existence uh, when a patient is under anesthesia. And uh, you've heard of these stories of patients being out of body uh, or out of their body, having out-of-body experiences. You know, they're floating above the operating table while the surgeon is performing uh, their tasks, and uh, and then they come back down into their body. Uh, we'll talk about that. And... Um, what role nurses play in the uh, anesthesia department, and uh, much, much more on this 
Thir- uh, Thanksgiving edition of the program, uh, actually a post-Thanksgiving edition, but a holiday weekend nevertheless. A lot of you enjoying your four-day weekend, and we hope it's um, we hope it's a healthy one because uh, while the holidays are here, you don't want your health to take a holiday. You want to be as healthy as you can during the holidays so that you can enjoy them to the um, absolute fullest with your family, friends, and whatever else you're doing. Did you know that Thanksgiving Day, just a few days ago, day before yesterday, is no longer the one day of the year? I, I you know, for decades, I mean, I've been doing this show for over 30 years, and uh, for decades, I always said, you know, it's a, it's the one day of the year where you consume more calories than than any other day of, of you know the 365, uh, which is four to six thousand calories. But actually, there's one day. Can you think of the other day of the year that now trumps Thanksgiving? And being the most calorie-consuming day of the year, if you uh, guessed Super Bowl Sunday, you are correct. Um, Now, uh, that surpasses even Thanksgiving when, you know, diets go out the window and and, uh, the pizza comes through the door, right? (laughs) It's, of course, the biggest day for pizza sales, that's for sure. Uh, But let's get back to this weekend, though, and remain positive about overindulging, so... Uh, just because you let your diet slip up because because of of the feast and you want to enjoy it with your family and everything, but you know it, maybe that piece of cheesecake here, pumpkin pie there, uh, pecan pecan pie is another. Uh, <laughs> a lot of you just have one of each. Uh, but um, when researchers put 142 overweight people on the same diet or weight loss program, one group followed it for 14 straight weeks, another for a six week hiatus at the midpoint. And then the final group took a two-week break every two weeks. Well, 11 months later, everybody had lost an average of 16 pounds. So it's not the breaks that hurt weight loss efforts. It's your negative reactions to the breaks and that uh, subsequent down downward spiraling. You know, you, you think, oh, what's the use, you know, and then uh, you get off get off the wagon, so to speak. And um, But just get back on track. You know, it's uh, there's always next week. There's always tomorrow. So... Uh, I like to follow the Today Diet, um, which is uh, just do your best today and every day. All right. Oh, and his and hers comfort foods. Can you guess which ones women like versus men? Uh, Top of the list for women, ice cream. With men, also ice cream. But uh, with uh, women, the second most popular comfort food is anything with chocolate, whereas with men, it's pizza. Uh, women, <clears throat> excuse me, in third place, cookies and cakes. With men, it's steaks and burgers. And then chips, number four for women. Pasta is number four for men. And then uh, candy, rounding out the top five for women, is the most um, desired comfort foods. And men, you know, I've never liked this product but or um, dish, but macaroni and cheese, as well as mashed potatoes and green bean casserole. I don't know about that. Uh, speaking of potatoes, did you know... Uh, of course, that's one dish that most of you had on Thanksgiving, uh, the traditional mashed potatoes, right? But you can count on people eating twice as many potatoes mashed as they would baked. And I might add that mashed potatoes raises your blood sugar faster and higher than a whole eating a whole baked potato. And you, know, you always want to eat the skins. Even if you make mashed potatoes, chop up those skins and um, because that's where 90% of the nutrients lie and also the fiber and um, other um uh, you know, just the other benefits of uh, of eating potatoes. Just make sure you wash them thoroughly, of course, before you bake them. All right. Uh, elsewhere in the news, we got so much to cover and so little time to do so. And a reminder, if you 
don't have time to listen to the entire morning show, our evening show is rebroadcast 12 hours from right now on the station you're listening to right now. And that will be uh, tonight for the rebroadcast, or you can go to the website after next Wednesday for a rebroadcast of today's show, either morning or evening. And that would be at drhealthradio.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-healthradio.com. Just for, look for today's date, and you'll find that show uh, to review at your leisure. All right, uh, let's see. Let's talk about uh, COVID. Of course, it's here to stay, and most scientists uh, say that it'll become endemic, always being present, but transmitted among people at more predictable rates uh, in the future. And, uh, you know, after several years, uh, looking back at the 1918 influenza pandemic uh, that made the same transition, the virus is still circulating 104 years later, by the way, in mutated strains, albeit, but... Um, Almost all influenza strains infections are are um, they actually descended from that strain in 1918, which caused that uh, pandemic that killed tens of millions of people. Actually, uh, some estimates 50 to 150 million people back uh, in the early 1900s. Now, even if COVID cases decline significantly, it's unlikely the virus will burn out. Um, so always expect the unexpected, and you know what you can do right now. For your for the rest of your life, um, not just this flu season or cold and flu season, but you want to bolster your immunity by living a healthy lifestyle, and that's what we're all about every week at this time. Uh, you know, the core four: the uh, proper sleep, exercise, nutrition, and stress management, and uh, your social life. Uh, in fact, a new report out this week says that this season's flu is predicted to be one of the worst in a decade. So, all the more reason to keep your immunity up. Uh, not only for uh, against COVID, but against uh, the flu bug, which uh, kills tens of thousands of people every year. All right. Okay, uh, let's uh, get on with, oh, let's talk about health and safety on this holiday weekend. Talking road safety. Always carry the five Fs in your motor vehicle at all time. They are flares, fire extinguisher, a first aid kit, fix a flat, and a flashlight with fresh batteries. And, of course, uh, one or two liters of fresh water. Uh, along with a couple energy bars should you be, you be stranded. And then during the winter months, especially a blanket or some uh, something to protect you from the elements. And don't be a 3D driver, as I always say. Um, that is distracted, drowsy, or drunk. And some of you, unfortunately, are sometimes all three, uh, but you don't want to be any of the three when it comes to driving. And... Uh, I'll just leave you with uh, on this segment of health and safety on the highways and byways. So high, Highway Health Patrol reminds you that the hand that lifts the cup that cheers should not be used to shift the gears. I've used that quote over the last 30 years. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, elsewhere in the news, we just have a few minutes left in this segment. So uh, let's see. Oh, besides coffee or alcohol... Here's a healthy mood booster in a glass. Sipping an apple cider vinegar spiked drink with meals may improve your mood. This is from the Arizona State University. Uh, their study found that folks who drank two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar mixed in a cup of water twice daily with meals for four weeks. And uh, by the way, if you consume it before the meal, it's even more beneficial. But if they did it for four weeks, they saw a 34% reduction in blue moods. Uh, you can credit the acetic acid 
which is the active ingredient in apple cider vinegar, and that increases your levels of an amino acid in the brain that improves brain health. So there you go. Plus, apple cider vinegar is good for, well, a lot of people take it for dieting and uh, alkalinity, uh, helps to alkalize the uh, system, helps to... uh, Helps your body improve uh, its um, hydrochloric acid production as well. Our quote of the week, age imprints more wrinkles on the mind than it does on the face. And did you know there's a 70% increase in productivity when work meetings were reduced by 40%? So uh, less is more, right? Here's a lesson learned from a patient. This comes from a nurse. Spray your allergy inhaler in your mouth not at the thing you're allergic to. I think that's pretty good medical advice, don't you? And in the diet department, controlling your portion size, and I've I've used this, uh, suggested this for the last decades, uh, two or three decades, but using smaller bowls and silverwares and plates and everything, you know, a a smaller bowl for your morning cereal. Um, Everybody is supersizing their... um, they're not not only cult- cutlery, but also uh, their um, you know dinnerware and uh, all the things they eat out of. But if you get rid of all the large plates and cups and eat, you know, think of the the uh, like I eat uh, a, I use a salad plate for dinner or or lunch, and uh, so you know you're overflowing with with that size of plate. It's maybe an eight inch plate instead of the ten inch. So. Uh, it it uh, causes you to naturally eat less, and you'll still be satisfied. Also, eating slower, chewing your food. You know, I always follow Miss Piggy's advice. Chew your food at least twice. <laughs> and uh, what a concept. Uh, and you don't have to chew it 30 times like the Fletcherizing, uh, which was back in, popularized in the 1800s. But uh, at least chew your food uh, so you don't have to wash it down. En- enough to where you won't have to wash it down with a beverage. And when you go to a restaurant, only eat half the meal and ask for a doggy bag. And, you know, you you get the, the routine there. Okay, in the food pharmacy, if you're feeling a little draggy, adding three-quarters of a cup of turnips of all, of all vegetables to your next meal may improve your energy and stamina. This is from research in the Frontiers in Nutrition. Uh, they found that the root vegetable boosts bioactive compounds that slow carbohydrate absorption, and they heighten or it heightens uh, insulin sensitivity, uh, which helps to uh, give you a, a long-lasting energy. Uh, one thing on turnips, uh, do you know my definition of a beet? That's a turnip with high blood pressure. That's that's my, my definition of a beet. All right, uh, let's see. Okay, where else are we going? Oh, let's go to the fitness file. All right, we're getting a little behind here. Um... Let's talk about muscle mass, which you lose as you age. Everybody does. We lose as much as 5% of it per decade after hitting 30. But uh, not only do you have diminished mobility and a heightened risk of falls, but it's it's also, um, you know, a, a hit to the ego, right? Well, you can maintain a healthy microbiome, and that might lessen your um, your muscle mass loss. This was, um, this was in the journal Frontiers in Physiology. Uh, they found that that the uh, microbiome is essential to muscle growth and strength. Most recently, a study found that, or this was by exercise physiologists at the University of Kentucky, they found that mice in their, with their microbiome artificially depleted by antibiotics had significantly slower muscle growth than the control group. 
And uh, so it's not just abs that are built in the kitchen. It's the rest of your muscles, too, and uh, and to a greater degree than you, we might have suspected. So, uh, by the way, researchers at Stanford University have discovered that a 10-week diet that is high in fermented foods boosts your microbiome diversity. And if you want to take a great probiotic supplement, Theralac is the best uh, medically medical strength uh, probiotic to take. Uh, but also, of course, introduce um, fermented foods into your diet as well. Uh, kimchi instead of pickles, maybe natto instead of um, green beans, and uh, kefir instead of yogurt. That, uh, kefir is a lot stronger culture than yogurt. All right, let's see. Um, oh, gosh, we're up against the clock here. We'll be uh, joined by Dr. David Alfrey uh, in just a minute or two. Uh, we'll skip sexual health until next week. Um, let's go to the Funny Bone Pharmacy. Uh, I couldn't resist these these uh, holiday uh, humorous slogans. Why did the police arrest the turkey? They suspected it of foul play. Did you hear about the turkey lost the fight? Yeah, he got the stuffing knocked out of him. Okay. Uh, just a few more before we get on to our guest. A woman is looking for a Thanksgiving turkey big enough to feed her large family. In the meat section of the grocery store, she approaches a stock boy. Excuse me, she says to him. Do these turkey get any bigger? Do these turkeys get any bigger? Excuse me. Uh, no, ma'am. They're, they've stopped growing. They're dead. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Uh, two more. What do you get when you cross a turkey and a ghost? That would be a poultry geist. And finally, how do you fix a broken pumpkin? With a pumpkin patch, of course. All right, that's it for the Funny Bone Pharmacy. When we come back from this brief break, we'll have Dr. David Alferi uh, talking about anesthesia, what you need to know as a patient, and what doctors have learned from their patients about it. Back after this on this special holiday edition of Dr. Health Radio. Don't go anywhere if you want to stay healthy. I'm David Snow here on Dr. Health Radio. Noni has been used by Polynesians and Hawaiians for over 2,000 years as their main medicinal plant. Now our new products bring the power of noni fruit to you in a pleasant-to-use form. Noni fruit leather is made from pure, organic, unfermented fruit and offers relief for many health problems inside and out. Our soothing lavender noni lotion helps with pain, skin ailments, and sports injuries. Noni fruit leather and lavender noni lotion are available online or at most health food stores. Try our noni lotion and fruit leather for improved health and energy. Stop breathing right now. No, really, hold your breath. This is how it feels when you're stuffed up due to colds, flu, pollen, dander, post-nasal drip, or any other reason. That's when you need Clear Saline Nasal Spray, the only spray with the power of xylitol. That simple saline solution you're using is only doing half the job. It's just rinsing. In multiple research studies, xylitol has been shown to reduce bacterial adhesion and help keep your nose moist and clean much longer than saline alone making Clear more effective at washing away that nasty gunk in your nose. Clear is so powerful, it's been granted over 11 patents. So step up from that wimpy saline spray to something that actually works faster and better at getting you the relief you need to start breathing now. And if your doctor isn't talking to you about Clear for your congestion, maybe you need to get a new doctor. You don't just rinse your hands. Why would you just rinse your nose? Clear saline nasal spray with xylitol. Available at Vitamin Shop, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, as well as Amazon.com. For a complete list of retailers, visit clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R dot com. 
Hey, Jack, you got a sec? Jack, your hair's on fire. Yeah, I know. I, I just need to finish the sales report, and then I'll lie down for a bit. But shouldn't I... No, I'll be fine. You wouldn't ignore this, so why ignore the signs of a stroke? If you or someone you know suddenly has trouble speaking, seeing, or walking, call 911 right away, because time lost is brain lost. To find out more, visit www.strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE. This message brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the program, David Snow on your radio. We want you to eat well, move well, sleep well, and stay well. And here to help us stay well, Dr. David Alferi. Uh, he is the author of an upcoming book, Saving Grace, What Patients Teach Their Doctors About Life, Death, and the Balance in Between. He's an anesthesiologist and founding member of the Anesthesia Medical Group, one of the largest uh, anesthesia practices in the United States. And we welcome him to the Dr. Health Radio microphones this morning. Good morning, Dr. Alferi. How the health yeah, are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Yes, is it Alferi or Alferi? Uh, it's actually Alferi. Alferi, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I changed the spelling long ago. Okay. All right. On that note, uh, let's let's start with the most important question of the day, and that is: If pilgrims were alive today, what would they be most famous for? Since this is holiday uh, holiday uh, Thanksgiving weekend. What would pilgrims be most, most famous <laughs> for if they were alive today? Oh gosh. Um, I guess uh, just for all the adversity they went through, and then they had a lot to give thanks for. Well, no, they, if they were alive today, they would be most famous oh, for no, their really? old, their old age. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, you got me. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Uh, all right, that's a, a one gotcha question. I, I promise the others will be easier. <laughs> now, now, your book... Uh, your book title makes sense in the in a kind of roundabout way, at least in my opinion, since the meaning of the word doctor, as you know, is to teach, Latin for to teach. Uh, but in your case, you as a doctor were being taught by the patients of, that you've had over the years. So tell us about how the roles were reversed in that, in that regard. Yeah, you know, when, when you go into medicine, you think that, that you're going to impart all the knowledge and all the skill. Uh, but as the years tick by, you realize that the patients are giving you back just as much as you're giving them. And in the, the shared experiences that you have, it's, it's really a shared humanity. And all the things that make us tick, all the things that make us human, um, you really get that from your patients. Now, now with, uh, with your specialty, though, Doc, a lot of patients never even meet their anesthesiologist because they're already, uh, you know, you're, you're putting them under or they have very little interaction with you. So uh, how does that work? I mean, uh, do you really have a bond with your patients like the, the surgeon would or the, um, the PA even would, would uh, in that regard? Uh, because well, yeah, it we, doesn't we, seem like you would have as much interaction with the patient. Well, we don't have as much interaction. Now, there, there are areas where we do in the pain clinic and so forth, but our, inact, our interaction is really intense. And, um, you know, we meet patients at their most vulnerable times. Yes. Uh, we might interact with them in, in a short a period of time as 10 or 15 minutes. And when you think about it, we're going to bring them closer to death than they will ever come in their lifetime. That's right. And then them back. Mm -hmm. And so it's a pretty intense interaction with a lot of patients. 
Right, right. Now, now tell us why I understand you flunked your very first test in medical school, <laughs> which involved caring for a patient. So, um, uh, you know, how, how did that um, change you? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that that's really uh, uh, not too many doctors experience that. Uh, and uh, I mean, you turned yeah. it around, obviously, because you've had a successful medical career. But uh, how did that happen? And uh, tell us. The, well, it, it, it wasn't actually a, a, an examination, but every physician uh, takes a course called gross anatomy, where you learn the anatomy that you can see, the nerves and the muscles and the tendons and so forth. Mm-hmm. And on that first day of medical school, there, we all gathered around our, our cadaver. And uh, just before we started, the, uh, the instructors said, now, really treat these bodies with respect, with reverence. And, you know, like most medical students, I was a little wrapped up in myself, and I was so excited to get going that um, I never really saw that that cadaver as a real person. And um, it, 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 you had to learn how to how to even treat a cadaver with respect. And mm. so um, I, you know, I wish that had come naturally to me, but it didn't. And when I look back at it, I, I have to say I, I failed the test on respect. That's something I had to learn. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Doc, uh, just to, uh, to um, change, change or uh, shift gears a bit, are you on a, a headset of some kind or a listening device? Um, uh, no, I've, I've got you on speaker. Should I take yeah, you off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please. Okay. Yeah, I can. I can tell if you can just hold the phone to your ear okay. if you don't mind. There we go. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's better. Thank you very much. Great. All right, now, now, uh, doctor, let's tell us about some of the anesthesia devices. We, it was a few years ago when we. I, a friend of mine is an anesthesiologist. He re- recently retired from Kaiser Permanente Medical Group in uh, in the Bay Area of California. Uh, doctor Joe Romson. Uh, but it's been a few years since we've had uh, a person like you on, a, a specialty, uh, specialist. And uh, tell us about some of the anesthesia devices that you've invented, because um, yeah, obviously you have, what, 17 patents that you hold? And, uh, and yes. you, it's it's amazing. I mean, you are uh, really on the cutting edge of... Um, uh, not cutting because you're not a surgeon, but uh, but of uh, in the anesthesia department, uh, you are integral of, of, of a lot of hospitals uh, having, uh, I'm sure that a lot of hospitals across the nation use your devices. So uh, tell us about some of the groundbreaking ones. Well, this was really an exciting part of my career. Um, I was driving home one day from the hospital and we had assembled something in the bench that we needed to use on a patient. And it was used in uh, thoracic anesthesia where you deflate one lung that you're operating on and you inflate the other. And mm. um, well, sometimes the patients don't get oxygenated well enough. So we have to trickle a little bit of oxygen into the lung that's being operated on. And you've heard the term CPAP, yes. continuous positive right. airway pressure. Mm-hmm. And so we had sort of assembled a device that would allow us to do that, to put just enough just enough oxygen in that the patient would oxygenate okay, but it wouldn't in- interfere with the surgery. Uh, and I got, and I was almost home, and this it almost trickled out of the air how I could sort of make this device. And I went home and, and said to my wife, look, I, I, I kind of had this idea. Do you think we should pursue it? And she said, yeah, why don't you? And about three years later, it was on the market, and it's called the CPAP system, and it's used in thoracic anesthesia. 
Wow. And was that your first uh, invention in the, in your department? Yes. And okay. now the interesting thing after that was it was with Mallinckrodt and the, the head of R&D said to me, you know, David, I think there's more inventions than you. And I said, Bob, listen, I just got lucky. I don't think so. He said, no, I think there is. But let me give you a tip. It's the problem, not the product. And I thought, okay, it's the problem. And then one day I was taking some gauze and putting it around a tongue blade and sticking it between the patient's teeth so they wouldn't bite down on our airway device. And as I was making it, I thought, that's a problem. And from that, I developed this little bite block that we use. Hmm. Um, So it, it was the best advice I ever got. Look for problems, not products. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. On that note, uh, Doc, we need to take a bottom hour station break, and we will be back in a matter of moments with many more questions that I have for you regarding, um, well, your field of expertise, anesthesiology, and also we'll talk about your upcoming book, which I believe is um, being released in January. Is that correct? Yes, sir. January 10th. Saving grace, what patients teach their doctors about life, death, and the balance in between. We'll talk about the balance in between when we come back, and we'll talk about the different types of anesthesia, as well as what role nurses play in the anesthesia department, and uh, the doctor's experience with the loss of an infant during heart surgery, as well as his teenage daughter having complications during surgery as well. Much more information to come here on The Healthiest Hour on Radio. Don't go anywhere if you want to stay healthy. When it comes to probiotics, why do employees, managers, and owners of health stores recommend and personally take Theralac more than any other brand? Results. Fast results. In fact, Theralac is the fastest-acting medicinal-strength probiotic. With patented stomach acid-resistant delivery, prebiotic stimulation, and guaranteed potency, Theralac restores regularity fast while providing all the long-term benefits of a superior probiotic supplement. Don't be fooled by probiotic products that promise higher potencies or more strains of beneficial bacteria. High potency means nothing without delivery, and more strains are not necessarily better. Theralac is optimally formulated for results. Theralac, the high-potency probiotic with guaranteed strength, delivery, and stimulation, supporting your digestion, regularity, and immunity. Theralac, available in the refrigerated section of your favorite health store. For more information, go to theralac.com. Curcumin-rich theracurmin from Natural Factors is a special form of curcumin, the yellow pigment of turmeric that has shown many wondrous health benefits. Theracurmin represents a major scientific breakthrough. Clinical studies show that when it comes to absorption, theracurmin is by far number one. Finally, the powerful health benefits of curcumin can be realized with curcumin-rich theracurmin. To learn more, visit naturalfactors.com. The pursuit of a healthy immune system is so important for our long-term health. And being healthy for the long-term is everyone's goal, right? So which immune health supplement is recommended for those who also have cardiovascular concerns? Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract. Aged Garlic Extract, regarded as one of the leading natural heart health supplements, has been clinically proven to help reduce high blood pressure and inflammation. Experts believe this alleviates demands on the body's energy stores, freeing it up to fight invaders. The result? A more responsive immune system. 
Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract begins with 100% organically grown garlic and is the most scientifically researched, highest quality, and best-selling odorless garlic extract supplement. And for extra support, get Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract Immune Formula 103. Try Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract for a healthy heart and a healthy immune system. Discover more at Kyolic.com. That's K-Y-O-L-I-C.com. That would be me, David Snow. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for uh, making us a part of your holiday weekend. Hey, 9 out of 10 doctors recommend Dr. Health Radio to their patients who listen to talk radio. Ask your doctor if Dr. Health is right for you. And uh, speaking of talk radio, we are the original social media. Uh, Doc, are you on? uh, Dr. David Alfrey is my guest. Uh, Are you on social media yourself? Well, yeah, I just started on social media a couple of weeks ago. All right. As I call it, anti-social media. You know, there's Facebook and uh, Instasham and uh, Stinkton and, well, anyway, all those other ones. But uh, all right. Well, uh, having said that, let's uh, get back to our questioning of your expertise, your area of expertise in medicine. Uh, What what made you, um, you know, every doctor kind of gravitates to one field or specialty or another. What what kind of turned the the corner or caused you to um, take that fork in the road and go into anesthesia? Well, I uh, I originally went into surgery, and okay. uh, I loved being in the operating room. But uh, during my internship at the uh, University of Kentucky, one of the interns didn't show up, and that meant that we took a lot more call. And I had a, a month of neurosurgery call where I was on every other night, and there, there wasn't a restriction on hours back then. And mm-hmm. we would get to the hospital about 5.30 in the morning and work all day. If you were on call, you worked all night. You probably wow. didn't go to bed. Huh. And you worked until about 8 o'clock the next night. Then you went home and My goodness. you got up. And it was just a brutal month. And I thought, you know, I'm just not going to do this. And I thought about going into ER medicine. Uh, and the chief of anesthesia pulled me apart one day. And he said, hey, you really ought to think about anesthesia. Hmm. And I met with him a couple times in his office, and, and he said, you know, the anesthesiologists are the ICU doctors of the operating room. And it's an exciting specialty, and he, he just was very influential on me. And um, I made the decision to flip out of surgery and go into anesthesia and never look back. Huh. Well, you know, uh, during your uh, <laughs> formative years in medical school there, you really didn't need much in the way of anesthesia. If you were working day and night, <laughs> you were already uh, uh, pretty, uh, uh, I mean, you, you were in a sense drugged uh, in, in the fatigue levels that you experienced. And uh, fortunately that uh, you were a lot younger than I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it was but, brutal. Uh, but, you know, it, yeah, it is brutal. Um, and fortunately now they have limits on uh, the number of hours Kind of like, yes. uh, I guess, truckers, the same situation where they, they never had standards or uh, uh, mandates before. And now, uh, you know, there are guidelines that you have to follow. And uh, fortunately, it's the same in medicine. And uh, yes. my goodness, look at all the mistakes that could have happened. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was talking about uh, traffic safety earlier because it's the holiday weekend. And uh, I always tell people, don't be a 3D driver, distracted, drowsy or drunk. And, uh, you know, being drowsy, it's like having a couple of drinks as as if you had a few drinks in your system. I mean, it's the same 
reaction time and uh, likelihood of you know risk of accidents and everything like that and and same with medicine i mean talk about medical mistakes i mean i don't even want to go there but uh, let's let's stay on a positive note and uh, okay. continue on and talk about let, let's talk about the different types of anesthesia you know general and local and then mm-hmm. uh, the different uh, are there any um, cutting edge or or uh, new breakthroughs or developments in the in the particular uh, medications or uh, um, you know, anesthetic devices or, or the medications that are used in the anesthesia department? I think the thing that's, that's really come into vogue now is trying to minimize the use of narcotics and sometimes no, completely, completely avoid the narcotics. Uh-huh. And we can do that with a variety of techniques. If you're operating on the hand, for instance, we can do a nerve block and put that hand to sleep for 16 or 18 hours. And then we can give a variety of medications that actually have a a sort of side effect of pain relief, but they're not narcotics. And I think that's the biggest change in the last five years. Now, what about using alternative methods of of healing, uh, such as acupuncture? I know acupuncture has been used very successfully in certain types of uh, pain management or addressing certain types of pain or even in the... Uh, to um, uh, you know, as a as a pre-operative procedure, uh, have you done any research in that regard? No, I haven't. I you know, I I think the role of acupuncture is more in chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it, certainly in, in Western societies, it's in uh, it's in chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Right. When I think back of you know, I have some medical textbooks or uh, uh, the his, history of medicine, and uh, actually I have a few books that are over a century old. And they talk oh, wow. about the different primitive types of, of anesthesia, which were cutting edge at the time, you know, ether <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, nitrous oxide and uh, things like that. And uh, when you think of how far we've come in the in the pain relief department or the um, anesthesia department, uh, it's, it's I mean, to live a century ago versus now, uh, people don't know what pain is, uh, you know, uh, compared to just a, a century or two ago in human existence. Yeah, and, and let me just say, one of the fascinating things that I find is that we know anesthesia puts you to sleep, not only you, but reptiles, birds, mammals, fish. Our gases will render the Venus flytrap eating plant asleep. Oh. It'll stop seed germination. Wow. You take those gases away, and they all wake up. And we don't know how it works. Really? They they still don't know the mechanism. Well, you know, it it was uh, over a century before they knew the mechanism of how aspirin worked, salicylic acid. Yeah. Uh, So um, I guess along the same lines, maybe it's right around the corner where we'll know how it works. Uh, The main thing is, you know, the bottom line is results that it does work, uh, even if we don't know how. And, uh, you know, I might add that uh, with all the talk about AI, artificial intelligence, there's nothing like... NI, as I like to refer to it, natural intelligence, whether it comes to medicine or life in general or technology and and so on. I mean, people tend to become over-reliant or addicted to technology or artificial intelligence, and they don't, you know, they... That the natural intelligence goes out the window. It's like like the people that have smartphones, and I, I'm Mr. Flip Phone. I, I might be the last person on Earth, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know I have over 100 or 200 numbers memorized in my head, and mm-hmm. most people don't even know their uh, their significant other's uh, phone number or uh, you yes. know a, a very common things. 
which they would have known had they not had the smartphone to rely on. And, and same with uh, you know the navigation devices, the ways and the the uh, well, the Garmin is is uh, old school now, but uh, but you know what I'm talking about. And, and I, yeah, I don't need to I, get on my soapbox about it. But well, and I think that the the human part of medicine we're getting farther and far farther away from that with all of the technology. That's right. Yeah, that's one of the bad things of medicine mm-hmm. today. Yeah, I think we we need to maintain that high touch medicine as well as the high tech medicine. And yes. um, so, and now let's talk about the in between life and death, which you mentioned the the existence of of the fact that you have the power to pull the patient either way. I mean, it, it's that um, sweet spot in the middle. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's such a a, a way of you, you really have to fine tune uh, because there's so many variables between patients. I mean, the the weight of the patient, the age of the patient. Tell us about some of the factors that come into play and how you decide how much anesthesia to give a person and what type of anesthesia uh, and just kind of the details and, and how that works in the operating yeah. room. Yeah. You know, you, uh, you start with the patient and you, how old they are, uh, what comorbidities they have, right. uh, whether they've had a heart attack, whether they've got chronic lung disease. Uh, you throw in the um, um, the medications that they take. Uh, you throw in their activity level, how much uh, how much resilience you have, mm-hmm. and then you factor in the the, the surgery, uh, how much of an insult that is going to be. Uh, all of that, the weight of the patient, and all of those factor into um, just exactly how much anesthesia you give and and the various drugs that you give. Mm-hmm. Um, I did my medical school in Louisiana, and I make the point in the book that that uh, there's as many ways to um, anesthetize the patient putting these drugs together as there is to making gumbo in Louisiana. Uh, pretty much unlimited. Oh, that's that's really something. And the, the, what about the long-lasting effects? The side effects can linger on for months or years, if not decades, after the, a, a procedure because of, well, uh, unpredictable uh, circumstances or uh, ex, uh, you know outcomes of uh, from that particular drug that was used or the reaction that the patient had, which is, I mean, you, you really. N- as in, despite all the the safeguards and the knowledge you have going in, as far as kind of uh, dialing in and and fine tuning the anesthetic for that particular patient, you really don't know exactly what the outcome is going to be, right? Until the patient comes out from from anesthesia and um, and then is out and about after the surgical procedure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we can predict to some degree who is who's going to have uh, psychological effects that are a little more long lasting. Uh, the more frail you are, uh-huh. uh, if you have some mental impairment to begin with, ah, right, um, you're going to have a higher incidence of delirium or confusion postoperatively. Mm-hmm. And in patients that get on the heart lung machine uh, for cardiac anesthesia, uh, that that's a whole other factor in. Yes, yes, definitely. Okay. Uh, let's take one last break in the hour so I can keep asking you questions after this uh, particular message. And we will be back with more information for your good health here on Dr. Health with my guest, Dr. David Alfrey. We'll tell you, uh, give out his website and uh, tell you how to get his book, which is coming out in January. When we come back, Doc, I want to ask you about some of the stories that you may have heard. I'm sure you have. And uh, people have been sharing these in the news for decades about you know, 
having out-of-body experiences in the operating room and hovering above their body and seeing the surgeon performing their surgical procedures and then coming back into their body. What about that, and uh, how real is it? Some of the details regarding that particular aspect of surgery. Back after this with anesthesiologist Dr. David Alfrey. When we come back from this brief break, I'm David Snow, and this is Dr. Health Radio. Is getting a good night's sleep a challenge? Fortunately, there's a superior, fast-acting sleep formula called Tranquil Sleep from Natural Factors. This non-habit-forming supplement contains a unique combination of melatonin, 5-HTP, and L-theanine, which works in harmony with your body's natural sleep hormones. Tranquil Sleep can help you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep sounder, and wake up refreshed, all without feeling drowsy in the morning. The key benefit comes from increasing the time spent in the deeper stages of sleep. It's only in these deeper levels of sleep that we truly experience the rejuvenation, regeneration, and recuperation that sleep provides. Even if you think you get a good night's sleep, give Tranquil Sleep a try. You might be surprised with how much better you've slept by waking up with more energy and enthusiasm to start your day. Learn more at naturalfactors.com. Do you sometimes suffer from gas, bloating, indigestion, constipation, diarrhea, or irritable bowel syndrome? You need to know about the Friendly Foursome. Master Supplements, the leaders in safe and effective intestinal health products, offer four supplements that may reinvent your intestinal tract. First, there's Theralac, America's fastest-acting medical-strength probiotic. Find out why Theralac's regular customers become, well, regular customers. Just go to theralac.com for more information. Then there's True Fiber, clinically proven to improve regularity as well as lowering cholesterol. True Fiber is also uniquely formulated to stimulate probiotics. Third in the friendly foursome is Enzalase, the strongest enzyme available. With high potencies of 12 different digestive enzymes, Enzalase makes short work of fatty meals and dairy products, as well as normally gas-producing foods such as beans. Finally, there's True Flora, the fastest-acting bio-cleansing probiotic. True Flora is so potent, the recommended dose is only 2 per week. This is the Premier Traveler's Supplement. Don't go on a trip without taking True Flora. See the friendly foursome of master supplement products at your favorite natural food store. Theralac, True Fiber, Enzalase, and True Flora for the best intestinal health of your life. Noni has been used by Polynesians and Hawaiians for over 2,000 years as their main medicinal plant. Now our new products bring the power of noni fruit to you in a pleasant-to-use form. Noni fruit leather is made from pure, organic, unfermented fruit and offers relief for many health problems inside and out. Our soothing lavender noni lotion helps with pain, skin ailments, and sports injuries. Noni fruit leather and lavender noni lotion are available online or at most health food stores. Try our noni lotion and fruit leather for improved health and energy. Welcome back to the Cure for the Common radio show. David Snow on your radio. It's your weekly dose of verbal vitamins. And uh, here to dispense some verbal vitamins, Dr. David Alfrey. Uh Dr. Alfrey, is there a website where people can get your book uh, come February, uh, excuse me, January in just a month or two? 
Yes, it's a savinggracebook.com. Okay, savinggracebook.com. Not saying grace, saving grace. Nope. We're going to save grace here. <laughs> We're going to say grace and save grace. Okay, save grace, uh, both yes, at the sir. same time. And what the title, the uh, subtitle is What Patients Teach Their Doctors About Life, Death, and the Balance in Between. All right. Um, oh, uh, one question that I have before we get into uh, some of the things that have to do with your specialty. What do you get when you mix milk of magnesia with orange juice? Um, I know where I'll be going. I can't tell you what you get, though. <laughs> A Phillips screwdriver. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Uh, getting back to uh, serious stuff and uh, our topic of discussion, anesthesia. Uh, among other things. Um, now, you experienced the loss of an infant during heart surgery. How did that affect you, uh, one of your first losses in, in medicine? Yeah, um, that was a, just the second year of my internship, and we had a little baby, uh, maybe a year old, that uh, unfortunately died on the table. And um, you would think that, well, okay, this is sad, this is a death, let's close up and let's get out of here. But the chief resident close the skin as meticulously as you can imagine. Um, He used a subcuticular stitch as if, I get teary when I talk about this, as if when 15 years hence, she'd be wearing a little bikini. And it was just such a, it it was, he just did it with such reverence. And he put a bandage on, it was just perfect. Basically, it taught me that I don't care if you're alive or you're not alive. This is a patient you have in front of you, yeah, right. and you, you'd have to treat them with respect. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, let's let's talk uh, shift gears a bit and, and talk about you've we've all heard stories of patients under anesthesia having these out of body experiences while on the operating table. Can you share some of the the high points in, the, in that regard? In that you topic? know, I've I've never had that. Um, I've certainly had patients that dream. Uh-huh. Um, and, and the, the out-of-body experiences I'm aware of have really been more in sort of near-death experience. Okay, well, yeah. Okay, let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah, uh, and I, I've never I've never had a patient report it, but, but evidently, you know, they can, you know, they hover over the table and they saw themselves being operated on and, and in fact, saw the crisis that was undergoing mm-hmm. and then came back, and they're sort of an unexplained experience, but uh, it's been reported many times. Well, and then what about the uh, the fact that people have the ability to, to hear, uh, even if they're unconscious, and then they remember what the surgeons talked about or, uh, you know, what went on, and the, uh, they could tell uh, almost verbatim uh, what what uh, the dialogue was in the, in the surgery in the operating room, the OR. <laughs> Yeah, that that is something we have a sanitized name that we we call that awareness. And uh, hopefully it's a patient that just remembers a conversation. The very worst situation would be, let's say you had a, an anesthetic error. Maybe you're giving an intravenous anesthetic and, uh-huh. and the IV comes apart uh, where a patient is not only aware of under anesthesia, yeah. but then has pain and that awful experience. Fortunately, that's very, very rare, but uh, when it happens, it's absolutely devastating. Well, I had half of that experience. I was on the operating table. I'm not going to get into detail because we don't have time. We just have a few minutes left on the show, but um, I was, uh, I I came to, they didn't give me enough anesthetic or maybe I metabolized it too, you know, too much of it or whatever. 
Uh, but I, you know, I saw what was going on and I freaked out and then they had to hold me down and give me more <laughs> anesthetic, even though I wasn't, uh, because I had an epidural. And, uh, so I wasn't aware of the pain, but, but uh, definitely aware of what was going on. And uh, anyway, it was yeah. not a good experience. Um, yeah. moving, <laughs> moving right along, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about some, uh, is there any guidance you can give us, uh, as to what questions to ask if a person has to go under, so to speak, um, if they have to have a surgical procedure, is there any... Anything we should be aware of? Um, I would ask um, who the personnel will be. Okay. Um, you know, the, I worked in a care team, what's called the care team model, where I worked with nurse anesthetists my entire year, uh, my, my entire uh, practice life. Mm-hmm. And the CRNAs did the, most of the hands-on care in the OR, and the physicians supervised. We're there for the, for the start, for the ending, for, you know, any emergencies and so forth. Uh-huh. Uh, and I loved practicing that way because if a patient ever got into trouble, I had two heads and four four hands to yes, take care of right um i think i think who will be in the room and are they going to be going anywhere yeah yeah good good that's good advice indeed now i read that you did a lot of work for operation smile i'm not familiar with that organization what tell us oh. about that it's a wonderful organization. Uh, it's an organization that operates uh, in third world countries, oh, uh, okay. primarily cleft lips and palates. Oh, yes. Very, that's right. sim- very similar to the smile train you might yes, have heard about. That's right. Okay, I have. Um, mm-hmm. And you, we'd go off for a, a week, and uh, the team would operate on you know, 80 or 90 kids. And as one of my, we were heading, we were heading on one of the trips and one of my partners turned to me in the airport. He said, you know, David, it's an hour and a half of our life. It's the, it's the rest of their life. Wow. Very well put. Mm. Just unbelievably meaningful experiences. Definitely. Um, Can you give us your website? We just have a minute left uh, if for people that didn't get it the first time you announced it. Yes. Saving Grace book.com. So think about Saving Grace, add book to it, and you've got savinggracebook.com. Uh, tell you all about the book, and there's an audio part, and some written stuff, and so forth. Well, I, I hope people were awake for this show. Uh, you know, they were probably still <laughs> anesthetized from uh, from the turkey dinner two days ago. <laughs> I hope but, I didn't uh, put them to sleep. Well, yeah, you know, you're a pretty stimulating guest, I must say, for being an anesthesiologist. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for not putting our audience to sleep, doctor. Uh, all the best for your uh, new book, and and let's uh, we'll we'll mention it again when it launches in January. Great. Thanks so much for having me. All right, there goes Dr. David Alfrey and uh, his book coming out early next year, Saving Grace, What Patients Teach Their Doctors About Life, Death, and the Balance in Between. I'm David Snow reminding you that it isn't how long you live, it's how you live long. Aloha. Have a healthy week. Thanks for joining us. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.